Welcome back, everyone. Uh, we are back with another episode, and we have a guest joining us. We have uh, Melissa Clean, uh, who is here, and we'll talk to her in just a couple of minutes. Um, she's a medium, and uh, she also does some other stuff, uh, Reiki healing, if I'm saying that right, uh, and teaches classes on it. Um, but our question for tonight is, we know from physics that matter and energy cannot be created and it cannot be destroyed. And we know that a human body, when you're alive, has an electrical current running through it. So when someone dies, where does that electricity go? We know it can't be created. We know it can't be destroyed. Is that electricity the soul? That's our deep question for tonight. Um, it's a good question. And, and, you know, it's something I'm curious about. And I actually saw an episode of the show Evil on Paramount that kind of dealt with that. They were trying to weigh the body at death and see if there was any change, like to mm. weigh how much a soul weighed. It was an interesting concept. Um, but we have Melissa Clean with us, uh, who is um, a medium and a Reiki healer. And she's based out of San Marcus, the San Marcus-ish area, uh, which is in central South Texas. Um, and you can find her information either at ravenmoonhealingarts.com or melissaclean, spelled K-L-E-E-N.com. We will link to that in the show notes. But Melissa, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you. It's great to be here. So you and I have known each other for quite a while now. Um, you were actually my dad's physical therapist when he had shoulder surgery, if I'm right. Yes, that's correct. how we met. Yes, so many, many moons ago. Um, so you've been on a healing journey for a while. I know you were a physical therapist there. You did massage therapy for a while, and then you moved into the – well, tell us, how did, how did that work? Um, what... Yeah, I'll back, I'll back you up just a little bit, Bill. Um, so my studio now is actually in Wimberley, Texas. I do okay. live in San Marcos, but, yeah, super close, about 20 minutes apart. Um, yeah, so your dad and I met, gosh, it was probably 1999 or year 2000. Um, I was not, I'm not a physical therapist, but my degree is in sports medicine. So I was working in the physical, um, physical medicine, um, and, uh, physical therapy arena with orthopedic surgeons in the Houston area when we met. Um, so my background is truly, uh, very, uh, science-based, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and, uh, you'll, you'll probably hear a lot of people in that are in my profession say that, you know, this is, they've been doing this all their life and that's, that's really not my story. Um, things took a, a, a very big pivotal turn for me at a point in my life. Um, so yeah, um, very much science, pretty black and white, um, up until about age 40 when things turned around. Okay. And, uh, as Daniel and I have talked, uh, a lot, not necessarily in the show so much, but we've talked a lot, but, you know, uh, we've been talking a lot about, you know, the science is decided, right? And we don't agree with that. Like the whole point of science is it's not decided. We're supposed to keep looking at things and keep examining things and, you know, we saw that with COVID, you know, I am the science, trust the science. And, you know, we've seen that with like archaeology, but stuff keeps getting pushed back and like genetics and all this. We keep learning more. We have this arrogance that we've already figured it all out. Right. That's that's part of it. So that's so true. We definitely don't have all the answers. Yeah, but we think we do. It seems like we always want to think we do. Um, so um, now and I know that you. um kind of shift I remember when you shifted professions right uh and and changed um what what drove you to, I mean what what was the impetus for that for that change <laughs> um yeah that's it's kind of an interesting story so I've done a lot of different things I guess throughout my life and um working in sports medicine and orthopedics I, I did that for quite a while um in the like I said in the Houston area I eventually, in 2007, moved to the Austin area, and I took a job in medical research. So I worked in medical research for about two years. 
when I was in physical therapy in Houston, I also went to school and um, got my license for massage therapy, just to have that as a backup and um, kind of on the side, if you will. So about a year or two into being in Austin, we have to, we have to have CEUs as most people do in the, in the medical profession. And I decided that I would take a Reiki class because I'd heard of Reiki. I didn't know much about it, but I found a lady in Austin that had been teaching Reiki for a while. And so I thought, Hey, I'll just, I'll go do that and get my CEUs. And I remember walking into that class being of the mind that I was then and thinking to myself, okay, just sit down, be quiet and get your CEUs. Um, Oddly enough, it was a two-day class. I learned Reiki Level 1 in one day and Reiki Level 2 the next day, which is how I teach my classes now. Mm -hmm. And when I left on Sunday, the second day, I knew that something had shifted. I I couldn't put my finger on what, but I was asking myself a lot more questions. I I was raised uh, very Southern Baptist and, um, you know, very Christian based background. So there were a lot of very conservative. So there were a lot of questions swirling around in my mind. It's not that the Reiki training was vastly different than the way I had, had been raised, but it definitely made me ask, ask more questions about myself and look deeper into my truths. So when I started practicing Reiki, I also learned some other um, techniques. Uh, I went to learn under John F. Barnes. He um, is kind of a guru, if you will, in the myofascial world. So I was doing massage. I was doing myofascial release and Reiki. And with myofascial work and Reiki, you get much more still. It's not such a flowy process of what people know is as massage. Mm -hmm. And I really attribute getting still in a meditative or trance-like way um, as to how all of this started with me. I just I started to see things in my mind's eye. I started to see people. I started to hear people talking to me, mostly about the people that I was working on. And um, it scared the crap out of me. <laughs> um, so, so much so that when I, when it all started happening and happening every day, I, I sought out three counselors Good. because I, I, a Christian counselor, a Reiki healer, and an actual, actually an atheist life coach. <laughs> I wanted to cover all my bases. <laughs> did you did you think you were like did you think you were going crazy what you were hearing? Oh, like okay. Yeah, 100%. Um well, Daniel, that's a really great question because I knew it was happening, so in my perception it was real. Right. There was, was very much a reality to me, but I didn't have any basis for it. I definitely didn't have any childhood support or training as to why this would be happening actually i was i was more scared and could hear my parents going hey this is this is not good you could hurt people the voice in my head you know yeah um so yeah it it really it scared me but in some way it did excite me because i thought Mm -hmm. how how could this possibly be happening this is this is wild, right? How could this possibly even be happening? What, um, do you remember? Do you remember the first time it happened? Oh yeah. Can you tell, like, what what was that experience? Yeah. So, you know, even though I, I said earlier, I really I don't tell people that I've been doing this all my life. Looking back now, I can see where things were happening in my childhood mm. thinking that it was happening to everybody. Like this is just the normal state of whatever. Um, but yeah, so one week I was, I was actually working for a family physician at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a, a couple uh, here in a small town in Texas and she was a dentist and he was a family physician and I was his medical assistant, but they really liked how the holistic approach I, I brought into their office and they wanted me to, do my massage therapy on the side. So they would refer clients to me. And so I had this young lady on the table that I'd never seen before. And the dentist had actually referred her to me. So I was actually working on a, um, a jaw problem that she had. It's okay. the, the TMJ of the jaw, mm-hmm. the temporal mandibular joint. 
So I was doing my myofascial work and my and my Reiki. And I started to see this this older man in in my mind's eye. That's the only thing that I can say. It, you know, it's the best the best way to describe it. It's like a TV a TV playing in my head. And he told me his name. He showed me a baby. Um, he showed me several things about this young lady, and it was confusing. And I, I thought this is ridiculous. I and I. And I kept talking to myself in my head like, this is ridiculous. Why am I seeing this? And he wouldn't stop. He, he was definitely um, pushy. And he says, you need, to, you need to tell her. You need to tell her that I'm here. Um, and I said, well, if you, if you really, I'm having this conversation with this man in my head. And I'm like, well, if you really want to help this person, you need to let me know where the best place is to work on her. This is what I know. I know the body, right? I know anatomy. And so he did. He said, I need you to go over to her right shoulder. So I did, and I'm working on her. And it's like he's breathing down my neck, and he's showing more pictures. He's showing me a picture of himself, and he's in Wranglers and boots, and he has a guitar in his lap. And I'm like, I don't, I don't understand this, but whatever. So I get all these, these downloads of pictures and thoughts going through my head. And I finish the session, and I'm thinking to myself, Melissa, do not say a word. You could lose your job. <laughs> Keep your mouth shut. <laughs> Just go about your business. And so I, you know, bring her to as I normally do. And before I knew it, it was just rolling out of my mouth. I'm, I, I don't even remember my thought at that point. It was just rolling mm-hmm. out of my mouth. And she didn't even move. She didn't even make eye contact with me. And she said, I don't know what you're, t- I don't know what you're talking about. And I felt my heart just like go into my feet. And I thought, okay, you've lost your job and you're a true lunatic. Um, And then she started crying. Mm. And she said, the person that you just described is my grandfather. And I have no idea what my response is. My jaw probably hit the ground. And and I said, you know, really? And, And she said, yeah, he actually played in a country music band and he was a truck driver. And he said, she said, his name was John. And I named my baby, I didn't even know she had a child, I named my baby after him. And my grandmother is extremely mad at me because she hated him. And she's very mad at me and won't even talk to me right now. And she's just bawling, right? And uh, I was just dumbstruck. But then the very next words out of her mouth really took me off guard. She said, I never knew him. He died before I was born. And I'm thinking to myself, well, then how that everything just went down the pipe again, right? Everything's gone again. And she said, but I have a picture of him. And you described exactly the way he looks in the picture. And you described everything about him. And, um, and my, oh, and he had showed me a baby. So like mm-hmm. he was, and he was showing me the J. Anyway, there was a lot to it. But yeah, that was the very first and the one that stands out in, in my head, of course, like it was yesterday mm-hmm. and a, I've read for several hundreds of people since then, but I'll, 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 I'll never forget that. Yeah. The, the first uh, time you run into anything life-changing, it's, it's impactful, right? It's mm-hmm. it, 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 Very much. Um, okay, so I, I have, this is like, I'm, this is a sidebar, but this is a topic for me. So I'm going to talk about aphantasia for a second here. Are you familiar with this? I just listened to your podcast okay, on that. Okay, great. But I was so, not familiar with it until then. So my question is, you were describing what you see when you're doing a reading. How does that visually compare to what your normal visualization is every day? Like, is it similar? If, if you were to close your eyes and think of Mickey Mouse. Yeah. It, it's very, it's it's a great question, Daniel, and I get it all the time. And I, I wish I could tell you that I had a great way to describe it, but I don't. Right. Um, yes, it's similar. And that is really one of the struggles that mediums that know they're getting that information. That's one of the struggles that we, they have is, am, am I imagining this or right. is this like, is, is this something I saw in a movie last night or, and then I'm remembering, am I having a remembrance or am I creating something fantasy mm-hmm. or is this something that's completely paranormal, spiritual, whatever label you want to put on it? 
Okay. So it's so it's it is similar. It's not like it's one's in black and white and one's in color. It's very clear to you. It is there is some similarity there. There are definitely some similarity. Um when I see people it it actually varies depending mm-hmm. on who I'm working with and who's in front of me. Mm-hmm. It's actually changed very much since that first time. That first time oh, okay. I would I know this sounds really uh what was that movie with the the lo- the girl with the long black hair and the screen flickered. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, the, the horror ring. movie. The ring, yeah. yeah. But that's exactly what it, it, it I can I that's that's how I remember seeing it in my mind's eye. It was like a TV screen that was flickering. Mm-hmm. Now it's completely different. As I've grown with it and I do it more, it comes in differently for it me. Comes in differently. Okay. Yeah. And, and, you know, that, that makes sense. If we're just talking about things at an energy level, mm-hmm. when you get, I'm going to use a radio analogy here. When you first get a radio and set it up, you have to tune the antenna mm-hmm. to perfect the signal, right? And as you improve the antenna and tune your antenna, you, you bring in clearer information, if that makes sense. Right. And uh, sounds like that was the first time you used that antenna. Right. Of a better way to put it. So I mentor people in this as well now. I've been doing that for a few years. Um, and that's how I describe that. It, again, depends on the person. Every, all of us have a unique way of tuning in. It's no different than, you know, any anything else. Like if I go dig a ditch and somebody else goes and digs a ditch, it's going to it's going to look different. It's going to be different the way we do it. Um so yeah, it's 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 hard to describe um, because it's so very unique to the individual. I think. So, you say tuning in. So, do you ever find? You were saying how the that first that first time that he was pushy. Do you ever find times where you're, I don't know, at the grocery store? And I, I I think about like the Ghost Whisperer TV show. I, I right. loved that show as a kid. But I just sort of that like in the grocery store and that something's like, yo, you need to deal with this, right? Like, do you do you have intrusive? Does that ever happen where you meet someone and and it's, I guess, or intrusive the, would be the only way to put it. Say, I guess. Or the, like you're walking down the street and somebody's like, hey, over here. Yeah. This this needs to be dealt with, or or is yeah. it intentional? I get that question a lot too. I will say that it used to be more that way. It Mm. it would be where people, I would just, you know, it would flash up or I would get a really strong feeling. As I have practiced and learned my own boundaries and how to create my own boundaries with it, no. Uh, A lot of people do think that I walk around on all the time, you know, it almost gives some people the creeps like, oh, do you, are you seeing people around me? And I'm like, no, I don't walk around on all the time. I'm, I'm a human being um, and I have a life to live. So, again, that's something else that we practice. You know, all of this is about practice. My personal opinion on it is that we all have the capability to do this. I I'm, always say I'm special, not special. The reason I'm special is because I get to practice it every day and hone it and tune it and like you guys are saying, you know, like change the rabbit ears um, around or whatever and, and really tune into it. So I think that makes the difference for sure. But no, that, I don't walk around on all the time. Definitely that was not. A, that was about to be my question was, is this something that that anybody can do? And so you just so how do you not the long answer, but what's the short answer of like, how do you start that? journey of tuning in well I think again that's different for everyone too I feel like I did it unintentionally and until I put my mind to it and started practicing intentionally that's when I got stronger with it and that's when I started to trust it more Mm -hmm. it's very difficult I, I, I always say too I can't make someone a medium right I really feel like that it has to be somewhat of a natural process where, where you're just, you're starting to tune in and then we can, I can meet those, those people have that wet, you know, that at that place and say, okay, let's build on what you have. Uh, and let me give you exercises on how you can practice and build on this. 
Um, so I really don't have a good answer for that, Daniel, other okay. than everybody. I, I feel like most people s- tune into it organically in some way. Mm-hmm. But it, it sounds to me like you need to be open to the idea of it. Um, because society tells us that if you see things, you're crazy, right? That's what that's mm-hmm. what Western medicine says, right? And I think back, <clears throat> I'm going to go back to an example of uh, my youngest I can remember when he was like three years old, um, asking him, "It's like, do you see any ghosts, or do you do you see anything, or anything like that?" And, and I said it jokingly one night, and he goes, "Yeah, there's three of them." I'm like, okay, three of them. He's like, "It's there, it's there, and it's there, and this is what they look like." And it freaked my dad out because he was in the room. But as he's gotten older, that has kind of gone away, and I, you know, we often hear kids are more susceptible or more open to or more because. They haven't learned that they're not supposed to see it yet, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. I agree with that. I mean, just like I remember Daniel talking on the aphantasia and talking about the 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 woman that you saw in blue. Yeah. Um, I have a similar I have similar experiences from my childhood, and I did have a um, an imaginary friend. His name was Mike Carroll, and he stayed with me for hmm. several years. So, yeah, I really do feel like what you just said, Bill, is is very true. Uh, as children, we are, you know, that filter is very thin because we haven't been taught to not trust. We haven't been taught that that's, that's crazy or that's not acceptable. Or you're, you're allowed to have an imagination, right? It's okay to play pretend. And do, whether it's pretend or not, right? It's, it's okay for kids to do that because I can... Remember, my parents tell me I had an imaginary friend, but I don't remember it. Um, but I also remember that there was a point for me where I started to experience weirdness, for lack of a better way to put it. Like, general, I'll just say general weirdness. Uh, but it was, you know, it was in college, and I can still remember it was very, like, reality-shifting just the thought process. And mine came a lot when, when I switched from, like, pre-med to religious studies and started asking, like, deeper questions and talking to people about life experiences and faith experiences and, and, and all that. And it was very profound. Um, yeah. And, and so that was, that was an interesting time for me. And uh, I also, like you said, I've, I've figured out to turn it off and turn it on, how to turn it off and turn it on because you can't walk around with it on all the time. But imagine that would literally drive you crazy. Um, well, it, I mean, and, we haven't really talked about it too much, but when I was younger in probably middle school, no, it would be high school, early high school, I had some people in my life who got me doing energy work, you know, and I, it was something that I could do. And I, I had, and I, I somehow turned it off at some point and have sort of lost it and, and need to, get that thing turned back on again. It's just, it's just the engines off right now, but it was something that I got, you know, no one told me it wasn't a thing. And so it was just somebody figure, you know, I just sort of figured it out. I was like, Oh, I can do this. This is easy. You know, this sort of happens. And, and at, you know, at you get older and people are like, Oh no, you're crazy. And you're like, Oh, I guess I am. Okay. And then you just sort of, you know, allow, allow yourself to be talked out of it. But, but I, you know, it's, I think that when you are younger, it definitely is, you're, you're, you're just like, Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, your, you you guys original question was, um, where does this, where does electricity, I think somebody said electricity, I call it energy. I was going to say, we we know there's an electrical current, like we can measure, we can measure. That's what we are. The electrodes Mm -hmm. up and you know, we're, we're a biological machine and there's energy running. But when the machine stops at death, that electricity is not there anymore. We can no longer measure it, but it has to go somewhere. Right. So what is but if that? we but if we think in terms like, OK, so if we like Tesla, if we think in terms of energy mm-hmm. and we don't and we realize that our body, what you and I, what all of us are looking at is not who we are. Right. Mm-hmm. We are actually we are energy. We have taken a body to be here on the planet and we return to energy. We've always been here. We'll always be here. So there is no death. There is only body death, right? That's my personal opinion. I know that not everybody feels that way, but 
it's taken me a long time to get there. It's been a definitely an evolution from a Southern Baptist girl that, you know, you're going to go to hell in a handbasket if you do certain things or uh, play around with this stuff. So, but yeah, I mean, we're, we are energy. Mm-hmm. We've always been energy to the fact that we have a body doesn't make us not energy. It just means we have a body. So you are well, an energy worker. You've always been an energy worker and right. you haven't lost it. You're just not practicing it right now. Right, right. Yeah. You know, and, and the great sage wrote it well, boiling a lot of tr- faith traditions down into, you know, life creates the force that makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. I mean, that's Lucas taking a bunch of philosophies yeah. and religion and mythos and boiling it down to that idea, right? But it's like you said, it's not too different than what Tesla talked about, right? Only this you is, guys could bring like Star Wars and stuff into bring, this. I can bring <laughs> Star Wars into anything. I'm wearing a Baby Yoda shirt. It's, <laughs> you, you have to bring Star Wars into it. But it, but you're not wrong. Yeah. I mean, because Lucas pulls all that from... I mean, Star Wars is generic oh, myth. Name? I mean, that's, yes. that was, he pulled, that's what he did. He, he was like, let me boil the myth story down. He pulled all the stuff from, from Campbell and was just like, took all the, those little bits and pieces. But no, it, it, it is it is all energy. And I mean, I, I what you were just saying there, I'm reading this book on perception. And you said, you know, we are energy. And it's just like, well, we just we just perceive this form. This is the... This is what we what we see, but all the things we don't see, you know, when the when the body stops moving, we don't see what what's left. That's not in our perception field of the of the tiny little bit that we actually see on the light spectrum. Yeah. Oh, on on all the spectrums, but yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but pulling in your your uh, episode six, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And and I was I was just thinking, you know, um, some of the cameras that they've been doing studies of and. Like, you know, uh, you know, you, you have a normal light camera, you don't see anything. You have something that looks at an EM field and you pick up something moving in a shape. Uh, the, and, 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 you know, I'm, I, I'm not a big believer in the old Ghost Hunters show, but there were a couple of episodes where, like, they moved a thermal cam across where nobody had been. And you see the silhouette of a human body where there's not a human body in the perfect heat thing, but it's the reverse heat. Like, it pulled the the heat out of the air and there's more than we can, like you were saying, there's more than we can see with these eyes and smell with his nose and hear with these ears. We have a very limited spectrum. And like we know dogs and cats can see on a greater light spectrum. And cause I always sit there and wonder what the cat's looking at. I'm sure right. everyone has experienced either a dog or a cat is fixated on something. And you're like, there ain't nothing there. Yeah, <laughs> that we can see. But, but, yeah, no, there's see, something but, there. But they're yeah. seeing something there. Yeah. Um, oh, this could be like a five-hour show because oh, I, I, I could talk about this for ages, of course. <laughs> well, we, we do hope to have you back at some point. Um, but um, so, um, where, where was I going? Uh, you, you've, I, I know you've continued to progress, which has been fascinating to me because my experience with people is they like find a niche and stay there. And, and yours has developed is what it sounds like. And has that been, is that curiosity? Was that a calling? What, what moved you from one to the other? That's a good question. You know, some of it is fascination. I, I'm from a science background. This is fascinating to me. How in the world? I never thought that we would, that we are capable of this. And now that I know that we are, we, and I say we, because I do truly believe that some mediums would not say that, but I do feel like we are, we are all capable of this. I I personally feel like it is part of our divine nature. I mean, I'm, I'm just going to say, I really feel like this is, this is God given for all of us. And if we go back to what you guys so thoroughly discussed, I've, I've really been enjoying listening to your podcast, by the way, we appreciate um, about ancient, yeah, about ancient man. I mm. mean, think about, we used to use all of our senses so much more in depth. We could smell the air and know that the weather was going to change. We could mm. feel the vibration of the earth and know that the enemy was coming. This is just something that we have programmed out of ourselves because we have, 
not practiced yeah. it, not used it, not needed it, and been told that it's not real. I I still can smell when it's going to rain. That is yeah. one of those things that I didn't lose. That I'll that, and every once in a while I'll go be like, oh, it's going to rain in like forty five minutes, and then forty five minutes that, it rains. It's you know it that's just that happens. Houstonian and, thing. I mean, we're both yeah <laughs> yeah. Way. We we grew up yeah. we grew up smelling the rain almost every day. Yeah. Um, but kind of on that, I think it's the the horse blinders of Western science and medicine have said, this is how mm-hmm. we have to think. And we were just talking about, Daniel and I were talking earlier today about like ancient history. And I was like, you know, we just completely discount China and the fact that they have like an 8,000 year written history. And we just assume that that's not there. And we say everything started in Babylon, ignoring all of Asia and their written history. Just yeah. cuts, you know. Well, I mean, but to be fair, we also ignore Egypt's written history that Absolutely. does go back 12, 20,000 years. So, I mean, yeah. that's, you know, but there's, that's there's the this... one where they just, they reach the point and go, well, up to here it's true. And then and beyond then that, they didn't done. mean that. That doesn't count. But it's, it's this, <laughs> that makes it's sense. this like European centrist Western focus. Um, right. And there's, all, and there's a lot of components of religion and mm-hmm. politics and culture and all the things that have been and um, medicine and medicine yeah everything that has a i mean yeah let's let's just take <laughs> and, and say there's there's good energy and there's bad energy there's a there's a large argument that the, the catholic church took over exorcisms because that was part of a lot of faiths and made it its own thing so that it could control it and then said all that other stuff is bad and demonic but this manipulation of whatever this energy is, and I'm not going to get into like is a demon real or not or whatever right now. But right, right. Um, that's the, that's the a five-hour five-hour show. But the Catholic Church had a history <laughs> of absorbing things and making it its own. Like the reason we do Christmas at Christmas is they decided to take over the pagan ritual, right? Yeah. You know, Jesus's birthday isn't on Jesus's birthday, you know, and and all these other things. And- and Brian Mirescu's book, The Immortality Key, talks about how they got rid of the the psychedelics in the early Christian church. Same thing. The church stepped in and went, we're going to keep some of this, but the, that's got to go. We're going to cut this part out of it. Yeah, well, hum, human nature, I'm just, you know, the ego, because we have to have the ego to survive. It's We have to have it. But human nature is to control. We have this illusion that the more we can control, we can we can uh, stay safe and secure, mm-hmm. and and that just filters right out into organized religion, politics, everything in the world, right? And and at the base level, it's true. The more control I have, the safer I am. But once you put it into scale, then it becomes corporations taking over, you know, the food industry and ruining us all. So yeah. But but a lot of the the control feel is an illusion as well, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yeah, very much. We think we're controlling, but we're really not controlling anything much. No. Yeah, it's it's mitigating risk, right? We're not controlling anything. Mm-hmm. We're we're taking steps to mitigate risk, and I think part of that is mitigating the risk of what I don't understand and what I'm afraid of. Mm, right, and those two go hand in hand because what we don't understand, we are typically in fear of. Yes. Yeah, and and I'll I'll throw out a kind of a crazy example here. Like I have a I have a very good friend. I'm not going to say who it is, but I have a very good friend that I went on a trip with uh, a work trip. Uh, we were in Florida, and um, they had been watching the ghost hunting shows, and they were like, "I want to go ghost hunting," and they were treating it as a joke, right? And I was like, okay, fine. And there, there were three of us there. And one of them was like, all right, fine. We have to share a car. I'll go along. And we went to this haunted cemetery during the day. And walking around, I was like, yeah, something's off here. Something's off. And this other person is super sciencey. Like, I don't understand what you mean. I don't understand. I, I can't. I can't quantify what you're saying. Effectively is what 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 they were saying. And while me and her were having that conversation, the other person who just tagged along kind of just walked around and then randomly stopped at a gravestone on the other side of the cemetery. And I remember turning around because I didn't see her, like turning around, looking right at her and going, "Uh uh-oh. And then she broke down into tears 
And then she came back. We're like, what happened? She's like, I don't know. I just got overwhelmed. It, 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 we left. Anyway, we left. We did work stuff. We went to dinner. We came back. And they were like, we're going to go back at night. And I'm like, okay, fine. We'll go back at night. And we go back at night. And cemeteries are supposed to be locked. The gate's wide open. Go on in. And uh, we park. And we start going around. And I, I'm, I'm kind of being stupid. and But trying to be serious. And I have the little mic on my iPhone. And I'm like... Is there anyone here? Do you want to say anything? And doing all the EVP stuff. And the the curious person is like, what's happening here? I'm not sure what's happening here. And the person who was tagging along was just like, well, of course they're not here. If they were, they'd tell us to get the hell out. And at that point, some crazy loud booming sound happened about three feet away behind a tree. She freaked out and like dropped her cigarette. And before it hit the ground, she had run all the way back to the car and I remember my super rational friend went, all right, I'm terrified. But I shouldn't be terrified. There's no ghost. There's no, nothing like that. Oh, so-and-so is running. I have permission to run now. And I saw all that go across her face. And I jogged to the car and we left. And then the next day, they insisted we go back. And the sound was like someone took a baseball bat and it hit a metal trash can. Like, you know, those old corrugated steel trash cans. Not like a big dumpster, but like that. And so we went back, and the next day, right behind the tree where the sound came from, there was a shed, and they went, ah, that's where the sound came from. We're in Florida, something fell, and it hit it. Awesome. And I went, yeah, you're probably right. And I walked over, and I picked up a stick, and I hit it, and it went thud. And this, like, the sounds were nothing alike at all. And at that point, they both went, we need to just leave. And then they've never talked about it again. <laughs> so... <laughs> But they weren't ready to process whatever. I don't know what happened, but they weren't ready to process what happened in that moment, right? And right. the thing that I found most interesting is nothing happened until somebody got insulting to whatever might have been there, mm. if that makes sense. I don't even know if that right. story applies to what we're talking about, but, <laughs> but you know. It's a ghost story. Well, but, you know, one person was like, I don't ever want to talk about this again. Another person just has to, like, it could have been this, 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 this. But whatever it was, it wasn't a ghost, right? They right. had to, like, rationalize it away because it didn't fit in how they understand the world. Right. So, and that's kind of. I think it's, I think it's just too, there's too many examples to just go to it can't be real. I mean, even just the ideas of, like, I've been to places and I haven't been there at night. I need to go to back to Gettysburg, but I've been to Gettysburg. You go out there and you're like, you can feel something like there's, you know, you energy. can, yeah, there is an energy. You can tell something happened there. I lived and on so, the battlefield for three and a half years, you know, like yeah. on the, the seminaries on the battlefield. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The only way that I can do what I do is because of energy. I mean, that's really the way to explain it. Probably my biggest pet peeve as a professional evidential medium is that I do not want to be looked at as a sideshow. Um, it's very important to me to, to uphold the standard of what I do. As in any profession, there are people that you know, don't respect it that much. And then there are people that want to uphold that legitimacy of it. Um, and that's why I went into it. I was mentored in evidentiary mediumship. So to, yeah. to give the person in front of me evidence that I would never be able to know that their loved one is with me, it, with us. Um, mm -hmm. and, and the way that happens is because I am literally feeling into the energy of it. So yeah, like energy, what we've been talking about with energy and feeling the energy at Gettysburg and mm -hmm. your, your people, when you're walking through the cemetery, um, the, the girl that got overwhelmed, she felt the energy of something, you know, we might not be able to describe it or put our finger on it, but it, it exists. Uh, we, we may not have all the, uh, the answers or, or know how to describe it, to describe it, but it's there. Mm -hmm. And do you, I mean, do you have to have, I would assume no, cause energy points and the whole science, like you don't have to be face to face with somebody. You can do this remotely. I, I would do it assume. remotely all the time. Yeah, I okay. get to I connect with people all over the world, which is really cool. Is yeah. it 
is it more? I mean, I, I yeah, I sort of go back to the the idea about you know and quantum entanglement and stuff and everything's so like I mean, is it more challenging the farther away they are? Is it closer when you're with someone? I mean, it really isn't. I don't know. Again, I don't have the answers. I don't know if that's because I am trained in energy work. That's what Reiki mm-hmm. is. I really do feel that my pivotal point of understanding what was going on had a lot to do with the energy work that I was doing and just the way that I was doing it. I really do. A lot of the people that I mentor, they have already learned some form of energy work, whether it's Mm -hmm. Reiki, Donna Eden, energy medicine, pranic healing. There's so many different forms out there. Um, And that's just putting a label on it. I mean, it's all really Mm -hmm. the same thing. We just, you know, put protocols behind things and put labels on them. Um, And we're all energy workers. We have been since the day we were on the planet. We just, we we don't realize that's what we're doing. Um, But yeah, it, Really, energy is you can connect with energy anywhere. You can connect. I, that's how I, we can connect with someone across the planet. I mean, they knew this even in the times of World War Two. They had people that were doing remote viewing. They were teaching mm-hmm. people how to do remote viewing <laughs> that had never had prob- may, maybe even never even believed in any such thing. And they're teaching them how to do this. So there's been an understanding of this mm-hmm. um even even in government from yeah, way back and, and like a lot of things with government we figure out how to use it before we ask how it works right um and and that's that's actually not not an uncommon human thing right uh we 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 knew fire was good we realized fire was good to cook food before he understood the biomechanics of what was happening, right? Um, or even how to rub two sticks together to make fire. We, we, we adapted that tool and then, and then worked backwards to figure out how to make it. Uh, because I've, I've read some about and, and, and watched some about like uh, the remote viewing that you were talking about. And a lot of people don't, they don't necessarily know how it works, but they know it works. And they've seen some really weird stuff. And they're like, I don't know that I want to touch <laughs> and that. They've u- yeah. And they've used it. And it's worked. Yeah. In warfare. Yeah. I mean, think about all a lot of the things that we have uh, come across and learned in history have been accidental or incidental or however, whatever, whatever you want to call it. I mean, science is that too. I mean, science is like testing always. And what do you know? accidentally yeah. one day we figure it out <laughs> accidental experiments it's like the reason we have yeah. microwave ovens is a guy walked by a big antenna with a snickers bar in his pocket and it melted and he went that shouldn't have happened and then, <laughs> that's how we figured out like microwaves can be used to cook which is kind of disturbing when you think that we have microwaves that could cook that we're just throwing stuff out in the air and we <laughs> right men all around them. um but i mean this is this and is then- fascinating stuff yeah, and then the more we know, the more questions we have, right? And so it's just a continuous cycle. It's a journey that's just never going to end. It's constant evolving and learning. So I earlier you you meant, and I, I'm not sure if you have an example. But you said so you were talking about how we're all energy workers and we, we do energy work all the time that we don't even realize we're doing. What, like, give me an example. Like, I, what do you think what is something that we do that would be considered energy work that we don't like realize that we're doing day to day yeah emotion feeling i mean oh, how many okay. times how how many times have you walked into a meeting and sat down by someone and is like oh my gosh something's going on something's oh. not right right um, or walked into a room and, yeah. and felt the tension immediately, right? That's just, a, it's a sensory perception yeah. that we have. We pick up on constant tiny little signals every day, but they're so routine. And to us, we're not, we're doing it subconsciously. Yeah. We're not doing it consciously or mindfully necessarily. Yeah, I have the I have the room one that someone walks into a room and, whether I'm looking at the door or not, I'm like, oh, someone's come in. Oh, they're fine. Like, or you're like, oh, who's that? Like that. So yeah. So we had an example of, of something like that this weekend. So you know, for for my birthday this weekend, Daniel and I went to a comedy show, which was great, and it was it was a bunch of 
comics doing like eight minute bits or ten minute bits. And there was this neat, you know, there was kind of this neat energy, and it didn't really matter what the jokes were, whether they were dark jokes, because some got really dark, but it was like, good, good, good. And then this comedian came on, and it wasn't that his jokes weren't funny, but the energy changed, like, the minute he stepped on. And there's, because Daniel and I talked about it all, like, trying to figure out why. But the energy in the room changed, and he bombed. Like, almost nobody laughed. It was just very awkward. And he wasn't a bad comedian. Like, the formula should have been working. And then when he went off, the energy came back, and then the laughter was there. And it was just very weird, because you could feel like the laughter left the room. And nothing mm -hmm. happened other than this person came on with a slightly different, like, Ener with a different energy, energy. And, and and it just didn't click with the audience's energy even though the jokes he told weren't formulaically that different than other comedians the same night who told similar jokes it just didn't work yeah. he was out of sync with the room or I mean yeah, even to the point where he was like look if you don't laugh it's sad it's not funny you know I mean, yeah. it was just he actually <laughs> said that and yeah. Um, in the metaphysical world, we we term that a lot. You'll hear people talk in the metaphysical world about vibration, right? Mm -hmm. We talk about high vibration, low vibration. Um, and, and again, I'm not an expert on that, even though I, I do teach that within Reiki. Again, there's just so many more questions than answers on that. But yeah, if, if we are energy, we're always vibrating. Everything that we see and even things that we don't see are in motion. They're they're vibrating. Um that allows us to see phys physical uh, things. It allows us to see the light spectrum. Um, so yeah, energy is everywhere around us constantly. And we're just, we, we just, we're going through life so routinely. We just don't mindfully think yeah. about all the ways that it affects us. Thank you. It always seems to come back to wavelengths at, at some point, like when you're talking about energy mm -hmm. and vibration, because how much have we read about, like, they use sound in the past and we don't know how, or this, or that, or, like, radio signal, or, you know, the difference between FM and AM is, is the wavelength and, and, and all of that. It all seems to come back to that. Even and I, I I wonder, I, I, I read something, heard something, I can't remember, forever ago, about Tesla, and they were talking about how if Tesla's wireless energy had sort of taken off, that we wouldn't have been able to have the microchip because the the it would have blown out microchips and it wouldn't have allowed you know it would, just wouldn't have been compatible those two technologies wouldn't have been compatible and i wonder if we're in a world with wi-fi and cell phones and all the stuff that we've got moving through the energy spectrum if we're creating a an environment where the some of our brain technologies just can't function anymore like those wavelengths don't work or is it the flip side are we pumping enough energy out there that things can talk to us easier now or maybe a little bit of both yeah 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 um did do you guys remember when the uh, movie came out what the bleep do we know I love what the bleep do we know yeah that 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 explains a lot of what so we're talking about good. as well I was trying to look up the name of the, I couldn't remember the name of the doctor that's on there that does all the tests on um, the water, the water oh, and, and plant, one. the plant materials. And yeah, oh gosh, I can't remember his name. So anyway, they do this. Movie. They do this wild experiment. And, and I can't again, I can't remember his name either. I think he's Japanese is, he for is. some reason. Yeah, it's, I think and, it starts with an M, but I can't remember. Uh, I'm not, it's not going to come to me. But what they basically do is they they freeze water with different intent. And so like this water was frozen while someone who was who was in love. And this is someone who was angry and like it freezes differently. Which is, I mean, and the and the the ugly the the water in the ugly with the bottle with the ugly words and on the it angry is and the other, right? Yeah, it's I have and, seen and this. I just forgot about the it. crystals completely form differently. Yeah, they do, and and consistently differently, which was mm -hmm. what was like angry always kind of formed this way, happy always kind of formed this way, which was freaky when you stop and think about it. On that same that same note and kind of pulling it off a little bit, 
they did an experiment with talking about energy with with plants where they did a they built a room with a random number generator computer that was g- controlling a light that would move it randomly into I think four different sectors in the room so that so that it would it would equally end up in one of the four corners on its own and but it was the the random number generator was doing it and then they put a plant into the room and so it was it was doing it 25% to each corner and then once they introduced the plant into the room the light started shining more on the plant than it was anywhere else in the room. The energy of the plant was influencing the random number generator to get it to give it more light. That's an intelligence, a plant intelligence. Wild, yes. Yes. That takes me back to the concept of observing the experiment changes the outcome. Yes. Well, even the the act of observing makes it happen. And I don't, I don't disagree with you on plant intelligence because I'm totally on board with that. But even if you just remove the idea of it having just the energy of an an object there caused that thing to function differently. Just right. you know, now plants are totally intelligent. They talk to each other. They 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 communicate through fungus and the. I mean, like I'm totally on board with that. They actually feed each other. It's wild. <laughs> it's a crazy a stuff. Study. Fantastic Fungi is another great movie. Just throw that in. Yes. Sorry, Bill. No, no. I was just thinking that that we were figuring out, like, when trees are getting injured, we figured out that through, like, pheromones and chemicals and stuff, they can send it through the root system to let the other trees know about it, uh, which is just wild. Yeah. Well, they can they they can send they use smell to tell other plants to like change. Rogan talks about it over and over and over again how they can change the the make them taste bad. But there's there's another thing where they they introduced a a dye into like one plant and then they were able to track it and it moved all the way through the forest and there was like the center of the forest there was kind of like a a tree that was and they were all sort of interconnected through all this. You know, because we all know mushrooms come from space and they've, they've, you know, they're helping the trees out apparently. Energy. It is. Yeah. (laughs) They communicate better than we do in a lot of ways. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. With less restriction. This has been absolutely fascinating. Very much. Love to have you back again. Uh, I oh, I would love that. Um, but, uh, I'll try not to take over your show. <laughs> no, no, no. no. This, this is what. This is the point of it. Up to this point, we haven't been able to schedule a guest, and we want to be able to talk to talk to guests. But this has been wonderful, and I thank you, thank you again so much for coming. Um, oh, thank you, guys. Uh, you're in. You said the, the studio's in Wimberley now, right? So I have a physical studio in Wimberley, but I also see people all the time online. Right. Give, and give us your website just one more time. MelissaClean.com. All right. Thank you. And you can also find me on in Instagram the... at Melissa-Clean. Or no, at, it's at, I'm sorry, I changed that too. At <laughs> MelissaClean, at, at MelissaClean Medium. Sorry. And you're on Facebook as well, right? Yes. Yes. And we'll put it all in the show notes so that you can get to her from there. I am so excited. I love this podcast. You guys are amazing. I'm enjoying listening to all of them. Well, thank you. We'll have you back. We'll talk about some more wild stuff. It'll be fun. Can't wait. All right.